This gospel reading is a little bit of an emotional roller coaster. If you kind of follow in the, the, the pattern of what's going on, at first you, you give this guy who's just like pathetic, you kind of feel for him. He's like, man, he's got a poor, poor guy and he's gonna, his family is going to be sold to pay this debt. And you're just like, oh, man. And then when this master just frees the whole debt, you're like, whoa, man, that's, I feel good. That's great. Until that guy goes out and starts throttling his, his fellow servant, in which case that sense of justice just gets enkindled inside you and you're like, man, this guy's a dirt bag. So by the time the master re-ups the, the punishment, you're like, yeah, stick it to him. Until this very last line when Jesus says, and so will my heavenly father do to you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. And then you're like, oh, Shoot, that was, a, that was a total setup. He set me up. This was all about me. So let's, let's, let's dive in a little bit here and, and see what, what more we can, we can get from this reading because it's so, it's so good, um, if not hard. So we've been following Peter the last number of weeks. It's kind of been like Peter's show. And once again, Peter chimes in. We're coming right off of last week's readings. Jesus has just talked about, you know, going to your brother, take another brother along, go to the church if he still doesn't listen to you. And then, um, and then Peter chimes in with this. Lord, how many times do I have to forgive my brother? If he, if he comes to me, how many times do I have to forgive him? One, one kind of wonders if, Peter is thinking of somebody in particular. It's, it's almost like he's got somebody in mind, like, what about that guy? Do I have to forgive that guy again and again and again? And, and maybe it's worth just pausing right here before, before we move on and just think, maybe, maybe we have a that guy in our life too. Maybe let's just, maybe just bring that person to mind. Who's, who's that person that you're like, no, you probably should forgive and just don't want to. Maybe you've been holding on to a grudge. Maybe it's recent. Maybe it's a long, long time ago. Who's, who's that guy? Let's, let's come back to that. So Jesus, or just Peter, thinking he's being pretty magnanimous here, says, Lord, must I forgive seven whole times? Like seven, the number of perfection. The world was created in seven days. Seven whole times? And Jesus isn't that impressed. He says, oh, how about 77 times? Which actually, the Greek is actually, the, the better translation is 77s. Which is a lot more times than, than 77 times. And, and, and actually, what we, what we miss because we, we don't, we don't grow, we don't have the Jewish context, but the seven, every seven years was a sabbatical year. And then every seven sevens was a, uh, was a great jubilee. So the, and the seventh seven was the, the great jubilee. And then Daniel prophesied during the Babylonian exile that after 10 of these great jubilees, 490, which is seven times 70, 490 years, the Messiah would come. And those who had been following the prophecy and were kind of tracking with this knew that, oh, it's right about, it's right about now. So Jesus is tipping his hat a little bit. It's like, hey, yeah, the Messiah is coming and he's here. And in fact, 
not too long before this in the gospel, Jesus was preaching in Nazareth and remember what he said? He said, I come to proclaim the great Jubilee to set prisoners free. And that was what would happen during the Jubilee. You'd set prisoners free, you'd forgive debt, you'd wipe the, 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 wipe the slate clean. And so Jesus is not content with just a mere, you know, I forgive you, but a whole new start. And to really reiterate and make sure this point comes across clearly, he gives this whole parable. So the first debtor comes in, he owes a huge amount of money, it says. Well, the Greek doesn't say huge amount of money. The Greek says the actual number, which doesn't matter to us because we don't understand ancient Hebronic uh, money system. But the number translated into modern, modern uh, currency be about $9 billion. The dude owes $9 billion. And this isn't like a CEO, you know, business tycoon who's like, you know, has all these, all these different assets and just ran into, and, and, you know, got ahead of himself. No, he's a, he's a day worker. He's a laborer. That'd be like the guy who shovels your driveway in the wintertime being $9 billion in debt. And that, that doesn't happen by accident, Right? Not like, well, I just, you know, just made a couple mistakes. Like, no, man, you've probably been like gambling or like doing, buying also, you're just like, so, so let's not be too sympathetic towards this guy. He's obviously made some pretty good blunders that are his own responsibility. And he falls down on his knees and he says, be patient with me. I'll pay back the whole debt. If I was the master, I'd be like, baloney. That would take you three thousand years to pay back you're not paying that back with what with what you get paid with what you're working I know your paycheck but the master is merciful and he says you know what I'm gonna forgive the whole thing wipe the clean he doesn't just lower it he doesn't just say hey I just pay how about pay half how about pay a quarter we'll, we'll, we'll put you on a plan he just says you're free just imagine that for a second I mean, we've all had some, some sort of debt, whether it's a car or a house or a credit card. Imagine them calling you up and saying, hey, yeah, this is Visa, and you know, we know you were maxed out, but we just want to let you know that we just forgave the whole debt. You don't owe anything. I mean, we'd be elated. And so this guy, he's elated. He's, he's, he's dancing. He's singing down the street, and he sees this guy who owes him a much smaller amount. Well, the Greek doesn't say much smaller amount. The Greek says the actual number, which again, in our modern configuration would be about $8,000. Not insignificant, but something this guy could pay back in three months. He gets a side job, gets another part-time job, and you know, he's got him paid off by the end of the year. But he doesn't, he doesn't listen to him. And he actually starts choking him. He starts choking him to, to, and, and demanding that he pays back this money, which is just infuriating, but there's a logic to it. If, if you receive mercy and you don't give mercy, you choke on it. And that's what's going on here. So, of course, then all the fellow servants find out about this, and this is kind of my, my beef with Jesus' parable. It's like, he just told us last week, like, go to your brother. And what do all these servants do? Well, they don't go to their brother. They go straight to the top. 
Well, Jesus is a realist. He knows how we operate most of the time. And so those servants do what he just told them not to do. And he go, they go to the servant, servant uh, the master, and the master calls the servant back to them. He says, you wicked servant. And now it's like we're, we're pumped up about this. He gets thrown into, into jail. All his stuff is sold. It's going to be there until he pays the last penny. And then, of course, the twist. So will my heavenly father do to you. We said, well, I'd, I'd never do that. If we've ever held or are holding a grudge, if we're, if we're refusing forgiveness to anybody in our life, then we are that wicked servant. Because every single one of us has been forgiven in irreparable debt, a debt we cannot repay. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is nothing we can do on our own to attain salvation, to attain mercy. And in baptism, and every time we go to confession, the good master waives the entire debt. He says, you owe nothing. He just pours out mercy. All we have to do is ask for it. And he pours it out. And, and here's, the, here's the hard part. And I think, I think this is actually the hardest teaching that Jesus has for us. I think this is the hardest teaching that the church holds out to us. All the, all the you know, sexual, marriage, contraception, all that stuff pff, pales in comparison to this. Because what Jesus is saying is that the smallest offense that we commit against God is graver than the worst offense that any human being could possibly commit against us. That's that's the teaching. Because God is infinitely good. And so even the smallest offense against his infinitely good majesty is an infinite offense. I mean, it's, it's, it's one thing to, you know, your, your five-year-old drew you a very beautiful coloring drawing and crayons and you accidentally spill coffee on it. Or you break into the Louvre in France and spray paint the Mona Lisa. You can't pay that back. It's impossible. And we cannot possibly repay any debt we have against our good God. And so we have received that infinite mercy. And so we have to bestow mercy on those around us no matter what they've done to us. Great or small. Now, I don't know about you, but the Our Father, which we say daily, troubles me a little bit because I wish that it was forgive us so that we can forgive. But that's not what it says. It says forgive us as we forgive. Like my forgiveness, my mercy is the contingency for God giving me mercy. 
If I withhold mercy like the wicked servant, then God says, all right, you don't want mercy. You're not going to give mercy. I'm not going to give mercy. Of course, as always, Jesus never tells us to do anything that he doesn't give us the grace for. He doesn't say, hey, you got to forgive 490 times and I'm only going to forgive once. He doesn't do that. He's going to forgive as many times as we come to him. And he's going to give us the grace to forgive. And I think this is so key that we, we call upon his grace when we have those. Because, yeah, bad things have happened to us. People have done bad things to us. Malicious things, evil things, despicable things. And what Jesus is not saying, what I'm, what I'm not saying is, hey, just, just buck it up and forgive, okay? He's saying, call, call on me, call on my grace. I can forgive. And he's gonna, he's gonna show it to his apostles. He's gonna be hanging on the cross and he's gonna say, Father, forgive them. Like in the, in the, the worst possible scenario of all time. And so we wanna call on Jesus's grace to forgive I think one, one mistake that we can sometimes make is that we conflate our, our hurt, which is real, with a lack of forgiveness. But that's, that's not the same thing. Our hurt is an emotional reality, whereas my, my forgiveness is an act of the will. I choose to forgive. And I might choose to forgive and still feel really hurt, still feel really angry, still feel really sad. But that doesn't mean I haven't forgiven. The evil one will often use that to try to trick me and say, yeah, you haven't forgiven. You're still upset. You're still mad. You're still harboring. We say, no, I, I did forgive. And to prove it, I'm just going to do it again. And if you'd, if you'd bear with me, I'd like to, let's just do that right now. We all thought of somebody who hurt us somebody that we're holding, uh, holding on to something. And the Lord, last week, he said, we have, the, we have the grace, we have the ability to loose that bond. And let's just right now call that person back to our, our mind. Maybe it's something recent, maybe it's something a long time ago. Maybe it's something big, maybe it was something kind of insignificant, and, but, but just hurt in a certain way. And I just invite you to, in your own heart, just repeat after me, just join your heart, your prayer to my prayer with your specific person, your specific instance in mind. And we call on the name of Jesus. We say, in the name of Jesus, I forgive you for whatever you did to me. And in the name of Jesus, I release you from the debt that you owe me. In the name of Jesus, I relinquish the right to try to figure out why he did that. And I ask the Lord for your good, 
for your conversion, for your repentance. And I desire that you and I would both be saints in heaven one day. This is a prayer we can make as many times as, as we need to, as many times as a hurt comes to, comes to our mind. Something we can do in the silence of our own prayer in the Adoration Chapel. And something every time we come to Mass, as we're preparing the gifts especially and the altar, just place that person up there on the altar in the ciborium and the chalice. Ask the Lord to cover that person with his precious blood, the blood that frees us from our sins. That we may see in the other the fallenness, the hurt, the pain that they're experiencing, that they've experienced in their life. And ask the Lord to fill them with everything that they need.